Hey everyone, it's Father Pat here today to offer you my reflections on the scripture readings for today. Our readings today are from the first Sunday of Lent, a reading from the book of Deuteronomy. Moses spoke to the people, saying, The priest shall receive the basket from you and shall set it in front of the altar of the Lord your God. Then you shall declare before the Lord your God, My father was a wandering Aramean who went down to Egypt with a small household and lived there as an alien. But there he became a nation, great, strong, and numerous. When the Egyptians maltreated and oppressed us, imposing hard labor upon us, we cried to the Lord, the God of our fathers, and he heard our cry and saw our affliction, our toil, and our oppression. He brought us out of Egypt with his strong hand and outstretched arm, with terrifying power, with signs and wonders. And bringing us into this country, he gave us this land flowing with milk and honey. Therefore, I have now brought you the first fruits of the products of the soil, which you, O Lord, have given me. And having set them before the Lord your God, you shall bow down in his presence. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our response. Be with me, Lord, when I am in trouble. Be with me, Lord, when I am in trouble. You who dwell in the shelter of the Most High, who abide in the shadow of the Almighty, say to the Lord, my refuge and fortress, my God in whom I trust. Be with me, Lord, when I am in trouble. No evil shall befall you, nor shall affliction come near your tent. For to his angels he has given command about you, that they guard you in all your ways. Be with me, Lord, when I am in trouble. Upon their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the asp and the viper. You shall trample down the lion and the dragon. Be with me, Lord, when I am in trouble. Because he clings to me, I will deliver him. I will set him on high, because he acknowledges my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in distress. I will deliver him and glorify him. Be with me, Lord, when I am in trouble. A reading from St. Paul's letter to the Romans. Brothers and sisters, what does Scripture say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we preach. For if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For one believes with the heart and so is justified, and one confesses with the mouth and so is saved. For the Scripture says, no one who believes in him will be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all enriching all who call upon him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Filled with the Holy Spirit, Jesus returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the desert for 40 days to be tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and when they were over, he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, One does not live on bread alone. Then he took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a single instant. The devil said to him, I shall give you to you all this power and glory, for it has been handed over to me, and I may give it to whomever I wish. All this will be yours if you worship me. Jesus said to him in reply, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him alone shall you serve. Then he led him to Jerusalem, made him stand on the parapet of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, 
for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you, and with their hands they will support you, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him in reply, It also says, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every temptation, he departed from him for a time. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Today's reflection will begin with a pop quiz. What is authentic worship for a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ? What is authentic worship for a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ? All right, here are your choices. A, beautiful, reverent, and prayerful prayerful liturgy. B, sacrificing for and serving others, especially the poor, the lost, and the marginalized. C, ongoing personal repentance and conversion. D, all of the above. E, none of the above. F, only B and C. G, only A and C. H, I gave up. You immediately object. There are never eight possible answers on a multiple choice test. Why are you so cruel? Give me a break. It's a one-question quiz. You can handle it. Now, I'm sure you were taught somewhere along the line that you should never change your first answer. You go with your first instinct. If you overthink it and decide to change it, you're likely to be wrong. The answer is D, all of the above. Beautiful, reverent, and prayerful liturgy, sacrificing for and serving others, especially the poor, lost and marginalized, and ongoing personal repentance and conversion. Now, I will also accept A, beautiful, reverent, and prayerful liturgy, if you can give me a theologically legitimate explanation as to why you are correct. The answer is demonstrated in the first reading today. Here, Moses instructs the Jewish people on proper liturgy. Unfortunately, the section we are asked to read leaves out some important context. Having finally entered the Promised Land after two generations of wandering the desert and centuries of slavery in Egypt, the people will settle down, build stable communities, and raise their own food and livestock. Moses tells them that at the beginning of the harvest season, this is what they should do. This is the first part of uh, chapter 26 in Deuteronomy. He says, When you have come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you as a heritage, and you have taken possession and settled in it, you shall take some first fruits of the various products of the soil which you harvest from the land your Lord God is giving you. Put them in a basket and go to the place which the Lord your God will choose as the dwelling place for his name. It's there that our reading for today picks up. And we hear that the people are to bring their offering to the priest, and having placed their gift on the altar, the giver is then to profess what amounts to a creed, one of the first creeds, I guess, uh, in recorded history. The creed is this. His ancestors were nomads with no land or home. When they settled in Egypt and made a life there, they were enslaved. They cried out to the Lord, and he saved them in miraculous fashion. Now they have reached the promised land and will forever acknowledge that every good thing they have is a gift from the Lord. They will repeat this liturgical act year after year, never forgetting the truth of who they are and who the Lord is. Also left out of our reading today is the ultimate, uh, what, what happens to the offering after they give it. It's not just left to sit on the altar and rot. Rather, it's given, and we hear in verse 12, again, after our excerpt from today, we hear that it is given to the Levite, the resident alien, the orphan, and the widow, that they may eat and be satisfied in your own communities. So I think looking at that context, the verses just before and after our reading from today, makes the whole picture a lot clearer. 
Authentic liturgy consists in acknowledging our own smallness, praising God in his greatness, mercy, and goodness, and providing for others out of respect and love for all whom or that God has created. It's not one and done. It's the work of a lifetime. And it's also what Jesus does as son of the Father. So authentic liturgy is A, B, and C. It's all of those things together are part of an authentic liturgy. And so it's not surprising that Satan tries to prevent or distract Jesus from doing that. The devil is nothing if he's not ego personified. It's all about him, his pleasure, his power, and his glory at God's expense. In his kingdom, the kingdom of darkness, everyone is on the me, me, me train. Every person for themselves. After his baptism, Jesus goes into the desert for 40 days to pray, calling to mind Moses' 40 days on Mount Sinai to converse with the Lord and receive the commandments, and the 40 days Elijah spent in the desert listening for God's voice. Jesus is getting ready to live a life of liturgy. In gratitude for the Father's love, he will offer the Father all of what he's been given for the salvation of those created in God's image and likeness. Because Jesus is getting ready to do that, Satan is whispering to him alluringly, don't sacrifice, feed your hunger, assert your greatness, make a show of your awesome power, make it all about you, Jesus. After all, you are the Son of God, or so you say, so let's see it. But Jesus, however weak he might feel after those 40 days of fasting, he's not going to turn his attention away from what the Father has sent him to accomplish. Jesus knows in his heart the right answer to our pop quiz. He's tempted to change his answer, but he won't change it. We know the answer too in our guts and in our hearts. St. Paul says as much when he uh, quotes Deuteronomy uh, chapter 30, verse 14 in our second reading today. Paul says, it's in the scripture. The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. We know the key to salvation. We know it in our, in our, in our hearts, right? The way to a claim on our heavenly inheritance, inheritance is to do exactly what Jesus did, to offer authentic worship to the Father. But Satan is so smart. He was smart back then and he's smart today. Look, at, look how he's tearing apart the church in our present day. One voice yells, worship, worship, worship. It's all about liturgical norms. Another voice yells, service to the poor. Faith without works is dead. Another voice screams, my work is my prayer. Another person says, we have to separate ourselves from the world. Anything outside this safe place is evil, will be corrupted by those people and those things outside. How have liturgy and service to others become separated and even opposed to each other when they are meant to be part of one unified act? Meanwhile, priests are becoming out of touch, literally out of touch with the people they serve, physically, emotionally, and spiritually removed. And what better distance can Satan create than between priests and the youngest generation? cutting off the future of the church at the very root. The heart of authentic worship of God has not changed from the time of the wandering Aramean. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned.
Blessed are you, God of all creation, for through your goodness we have this bread we offer you. May the Lord accept this sacrifice for our good and the good of all his holy church. All his holy church includes all those in physical, emotional, and spiritual need, not just the ones sitting in the pews. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. I can become like you. And then the commission, go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life. The body of Christ comes before the Lord with our gifts, knowing that all we have is his. The body of Christ acknowledges our need for conversion and gives thanks to him for rescuing us from our wanderings in the desert. The body of Christ then gives generously of ourselves in true worship of God by loving his people, not only with our lips, but with our hands and with all that we have. Don't let those devilish voices tempt you to change your answer. D, all of the above. Praise, thanksgiving, humble service, ongoing conversion. With God's help, for his glory and our salvation. That is what we believe. Amen. God bless you.